Are you tired of ticket fees? Pay the price for your ticket that is advertised and not a penny more. Go to TixBlitz.com. That's T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com. Fantastic prices on all sports and concert tickets. Guaranteed seats, no fees. TixBlitz.com. That's T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com. tonight and we are joined by Lester Wilfong from Windy City Gridiron and Zach Pearson from BearReport.com. As usual, we have, of course, our host, Mr. Michael Halitech and myself, Double A. How's it going tonight, gentlemen? Welcome, everybody. Hey, 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 Double A. It's, uh, it's just great to be back on the air. We took a break uh, last week um, and in light of the fact that there wasn't a whole lot of, of uh, uh, any any pressing business in the NFL last week. But uh, here it is. It's We are taping on Wednesday evening, so we are just literally about uh, 22 hours from the beginning of, of the 2020 draft. Of course, the Bears do not have uh, a draft choice on day one, but they do have two on, uh, on day two unless they trade out of it and and uh, what a better segue to introduce uh, Zach Pearson and Lester. Zach, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, excited for the draft. Should be a good, uh, it should be a fun three days. And, of course, uh, uh, Lester from, from Windy City Gridiron. Good evening, Lester. What's up, guys? How are you guys doing tonight? We're doing well. We're doing well. Doing great. So, uh, uh, before we get right into the mock drafts, uh, there were a couple of, uh, of items I wanted to get your guys' opinion on. The first one happened earlier, uh, I think late last week, when the Bears finally parted ways with Trey Burton and just in a uh, sudden about face over the last uh, 24, 48 hours, uh, the Gronk, the one and only, uh, decided to come out of retirement and New England was able to get a fourth round draft choice from Tampa. And, and as I mentioned before the show started, Gronk is, is rehitching his, his Robin to the uh, Batman. That is the uh, one and only Tom Brady down in Tampa. Uh, what are your thoughts guys? Uh, Lester, why don't you go first? I'm a, I'm a big fan of I always have been. I'm always been a fan of the tight end position. And through the years, it's a great move for the Buccaneers. You know, he had a year off, of, a year to kind of reset himself mentally and physically. Um, although I'm no longer WWE 24/7 champion, I watched him play with the Buccaneers. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, certainly, uh, I think it, what the sort of uh, most interesting thing that's come out over this last uh, day or two where he's come back is uh, he, 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 they sort of look back and he told the story about how he got traded to Detroit and then basically uh, sort of retired um, as a result of that. And, and it essentially worked out in his favor that he was able to uh, not go to Detroit because uh, he didn't want any, have any interest in that. And then he ended up staying with the Patriots and then, of course, actually retiring. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if he can uh, get back to his playing weight because um, he has dropped a lot of weight. He's been uh, out pitching uh, CBD products and certainly uh, living uh, the life far away from from uh, the rigors of football training and all that kind of stuff. So it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, especially with this uh, strange off season, uh, which we all hope that we are heading towards a season, uh, if he can get that weight back. But in some ways, it could be better. Maybe a lighter Gronk is is a is a better Gronk, um, especially in that Arians offense. Uh, but uh, you know, he's. Uh, <clears throat> Him and Brady, they get what they want, you know. Um, Brady wants Gronk, and, and they can just make it happen, even though, you know, uh, all the COVID uh, uh, restrictions and whatnot. What did you think about it, Zach? Yeah, I thought the, uh, the Lions story was kind of interesting about the trade and him essentially just being like, yeah, I'm, I'm retired. I, I don't want to go there. And then ending up in uh, T- Tampa Bay with Tom Brady a few years later. I mean, we kind of had to expect it to happen, obviously. Once he retired and then kind of did the WWE thing, I don't think there was really any doubt that there was potential for him to come back. So I'm not too shocked about it, to be honest. The next thing that I think a lot of Bears fans have sort of spun off out of that is, of course, uh, you know, O.J. Howard was reported as a uh, somebody who is going to be on the trade block, and he's been kicked around Bears Twitter and Bears uh, reports for a while now. So it's not a shock necessarily that that he might be um, available, but people are talking about now with uh, Gronk being on the roster that it's even more likely that they trade him. Um, my feeling is that he's going to command a pretty high uh, price. You know, I was looking at the Hayden Hurst deal where the Falcons, in order to replace Hooper, gave up a second and a fifth and got Hayden Hurst from the Ravens for and also a fourth-round pick. Would anybody be interested in giving up that kind of draft capital to get a to get an O.J. Howard? I mean, he technically has better stats than Hayden Hurst, but— you know, it's he's been something of a disappointment after being a first-round pick. Anybody care to weigh in on that? Yeah, I mean, I think the Bears are in a position where they still have nine tight ends on the roster, and, you know, despite what Ryan Pace says of we're comfortable with Jimmy Graham, we're comfortable with Demetrius Harris, I think they're going to try to address the position. Uh, I, I wouldn't go for the second-round tight end because I think it's kind of a weaker tight end class. So that kind of opens up the door for a trade for someone like O.J. Howard. I don't know how much leverage the Buccaneers will have after landing Rob Gronkowski. I mean, I would probably take a flyer on it, maybe a sixth or seventh round pick. But, I mean, the production wasn't there last year after that big first year. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I just wouldn't give up anything of, you know, of value essentially for it. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as Zach. I mean, I think he's a really good, a really good player. He has uh, technically two more years, you know, under contract there. If the Bears didn't make a deal, but but I'm not giving him a second round pick for him. I think at this point, like 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 Zach said, you know, there is no leverage for him for for the Buccaneers. 
So if you can get him for for maybe even a, a something conditional, like a, a day three conditional pick, I think that's the way you kind of float it. And if and if the Bucks don't bite, then you just you, just, you keep your picks and, and go on from there. Yeah, I mean, I'm not certain that they even want to trade him. I mean, it, certainly, you know, Brady likes a lot of tight ends, so. <laughs> yeah, at least he's in a spot where tight ends can be uh, utilized. Uh, they obviously weren't utilized very much in Chicago last year. Green Bay was one of those places that doesn't utilize tight ends. Uh, interesting to note that earlier today, uh, Trey Burton got picked up. Uh, it, uh, Lester, do you want to quote uh, or, or, or talk about uh, our old pal Trey? <laughs> You know, I'm not surprised he got picked up. I mean, he's when he's healthy, he's talented. You know, this problem with the Bears the last, you know, the last year was just he wasn't healthy. He wasn't able to get back from the groin injury. Um, you know, the Bears ended up waving him, you know, with a, a failed injury, a physical a designation. So, you know, the, the Colts obviously know what they have coming in. They know they have some, some uh, uh, rehab to do with him. But if he's healthy, I think he'll be productive in that offense. That's a good fit for him. He gets a one-year deal from the Colts at uh, the uh, minimum but then, but he also gets the the total of four million dollars that's already guaranteed from the Bears. I do believe that the minimum salary that the Colts are paying him comes off of the cap hit that the Bear, that the Bears are responsible for. Yeah, I was surprised uh, that the timing of the Burton cut. I'm not surprised that he was cut. I guess the report Patrick Finley reported that he failed the physical with the Bears. Uh, it, and this is sort of a weird theory of mine, but I feel like maybe between uh, Reich and Nagy and, and Pace and, you know, uh, Ballard, they're kind of doing Burton a favor by giving him someplace else just to, to, to rehab. I mean, the Colts have plenty of cap room. It, it isn't um, – you know, it isn't any skin off their, them to, to kind of let him continue to rehab with their organization. And I think there's just been too much water under the bridge with Trey Burton and the Bears. Um, and they needed the Bears needed to move on, you know, after he failed another physical. Um, you know, last time when we talked to Zach, we, I had mentioned that there was some kind of hopefulness about his labrum hip surgery. But apparently that's not gotten him where he needs to be. And, um you know, again, Bears fans, you know, would all spun off thinking, well, this means they're definitely going to draft a tight end in the second round and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I mean, I, I hope it works out for Trey, but it, it uh, I'm definitely not upset that he's gone. I, I feel like, you know, we need to move on from that type of thing and just, you know, get get guys who can get on the field. We're talking with Lester Wilfong and Zach Pearson, and today is our first annual mock draft show. So let's get right into that. Uh, Aaron, we're going to have you go first with your mock draft. So if you're ready, fire away. Yeah, sure. Um, I didn't do any trades. Um, I just kind of went with a straight, um, a straight draft. Um, and and. It's pretty interesting, you know, I've done a lot of mocks and and as you go on, you know, and, and they kind of things get updated, um, you know, different people fall to 43, um, you know, in in the case of of this most recent one that I liked um, that I ended up choosing. Um, 
Josh Jones actually fell to 43. So that was my 43rd pick, Josh Jones, offensive tackle. Um, and then KJ Hamler was next at 50, uh, wide receiver from Penn State. Obviously, uh, he could be a speed guy really quick, um, you know, and then after that, uh, the Bears don't have another pick till 163. So I took J.R. Reed, uh, safety out of Georgia. Um, solid safety, can play, you know, strong safety. Uh, then after that, uh, Dane Jackson from Pitt at cornerback. Um, Shaheem Carter, after that, another safety uh, at Alabama. Uh, I, I think the safety depth is important, um, and he's a guy that's uh, nothing flashy, nothing super special, but, um, you know, can play in the box uh, and will shore up that depth. Is also a guy that could play in a nickel uh, situation, maybe a three-safety look. Uh, then Freddie Swain out of Florida. Is another guy um, that can be a speed uh, receiver to replace uh, Taylor Gabriel. And the last pick that I picked was uh, Oluwole Betiku Jr., an edge uh, player um, from Illinois. Uh, he was a transfer that uh, that was pretty impressive uh, for Illinois. Um, so my feeling, just in general, is those are the biggest areas of need. I think it doesn't. It's not different from what anybody else has been saying, but offensive line cornerback safety wide receivers with some speed and then if you can pick up um an edge player uh here or there um you do so now personally i would i would like like to see pace trade back you know maybe 50 and get some more draft capital but the way i did it i just did it without trades because i think it, it it can it can uh it makes things go a little crazy when you start getting the trades in there. The draft mock simulators get a little wild. So that's my that's my deal. All right, who's next? Uh, I think I think I can go mine. Um, yeah, I'll go. Yeah, go ahead, oh, Zach. You want me to go? Yeah, go yeah, right ahead, Zach. Okay, sweet. Um, yeah, so I kind of did one um, with just uh, you know one trade. In this draft, I've kind of looked at, I think my prediction is the Bears are going to stay put at 43, but Ryan Pace is going to get a solid offer um, for number 50. And if there's one guarantee going into the draft for the Bears, it's always Ryan Pace is going to make a move, whether it's up or back. So I essentially traded for two third-round picks um, with a former trade partner of the Bears in the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, and then the Raiders threw in an additional six-round pick for next season. Um yeah, so I ended up with eight picks total, and um, my first pick's 43. I actually have, I think this would be a home run right here, run to the po run to the virtual podium. Uh, if he fell, it would be Cesar Ruiz, the uh, interior offensive lineman from Michigan. Uh, I, I see him being mocked anywhere from first round to falling to the Bears in the second round. I think with my draft, I think they have to get an impact player on the offense. So I went with Ruiz, who fell. Um, as by kind of my alternative, I did it for one pick because I think at 43 is such an important um, draft pick for the Bears. I went with K.J. Hamler if Ruiz isn't there because I think Rager's going to go in the first round as well. So I went, you know, Ruiz and then Hamler if Ruiz is not there. Third round, number 80 overall. I went with defense because there's a need for a starting defensive back opposite of Kyle Fuller. And I'm going with Jalen Johnson out of Utah uh, coming for the um, cornerback number two competition third round number 91 
Uh, receiver I like that's climbing up the draft boards, Michael Pittman Jr. Um, out of USC. I know the Bears have a big need for speed. I've advocated for it. I'm, a lot of people on Twitter have advocated for it. But I think you get a possession receiver like Michael Pittman Jr. Um, in that third round and then address the speed later would uh, be a good fit. Fifth round, I went with a safety who could maybe slot in as a starting strong safety opposite of Eddie Jackson. In um, excuse me, Kayvon Wallace out of Clemson. That was uh, number 163 overall. Number 196 in the sixth round, Anthony Gordon out of Washington State. I have no idea where he's going to go in this draft. I have talked, actually, Aaron and uh, Aaron Lemming and I had Jacob Infante on our podcast last night um, from Lester's site when he said he gridiron. And he was saying, you know, Gordon can go anywhere from the second to the seventh round. He's kind of that wild card quarterback. I have him going to the sixth to the Bears. Uh, the other sixth round pick, number 200, is uh, uh, defensive end Jason Strobridge. I think he's an intriguing player um, in a base 3-4 defense, and he could provide edge rushing depth with Cleo Mack and, uh, excuse me, Robert Quinn. Or, yeah, Robert Quinn. Otherwise, uh, you could probably use him on a defensive line. He played in the interior defensive line in North Carolina as well. And then to kind of wrap it up, seventh round, um, number 226 overall, I went with Quez Watkins out of Southern Mississippi. Speed wide receiver there if he falls. And then um, to wrap up the mock draft, I went with uh, offensive tackle Trey Adams out of Washington. Considered a first-round prospect a couple of years back, but some um, major injuries have kind of held him back. I think he's the type of player that Pace would take a chance on despite having an injury risk. And um, it could be a home-run pick if, if the Bears do take him to seventh and he kind of finds that talent the next level. Awesome. Lester, you're up, my friend. Yeah, I mean, we're kind of at the mercy of the stimulation uh, we use, the trades, and, and the way the boards fall. So I, I try and stay pretty close to my board, but but I did, I did make a trade. Um, I figured Ryan Pace is for sure going to trade something. So what I did is I uh, I didn't get too crazy because I don't want to end up with, with 13, 14 picks here, but I, but I traded my, my the, the 43rd overall pick, uh, my sixth, and my two seventh to the Philadelphia Eagles, a team that the Bears have kind of done, done some stuff with in the past for their uh, second round pick, uh, 53 overall, and then their third and then their fourth rounder. So I ended up actually having uh, a one less pick than I started with, but a little better value overall. And at uh, number 50 overall, I took Lloyd Cushenberry, uh, center guard LSU. You know, he, he's not the greatest athlete, but he's a technician. You watch him on the film, you know, he just gets the job done. He, he's, he's a really sound uh, uh, a center. I think he'd also play some guard for you. He has the size and the strength to do that. Uh, plus, he was the leader of that, of that Tiger offensive line. Uh, at 53, um, I'm not sure if the Bears are going to go this way, but the way my board fell, it just made sense for me to get Cole Komet, tight end Notre Dame. Uh, we talked about Trey Burton being released. Uh, there's been some talk about Adam Sheen is on the trade block. And even, even if Sheen's not traded, I think Adam Sheen's uh, days in Chicago are numbered. Uh, so a guy like Cole Komet, he has size to play the Y. Um, he can kind of go grow into that role at time. But, but as a rookie, he is athletic enough to get on the field and play a little bit uh, uh, behind Jimmy Graham and, and also Demetrius Harris there. Uh, round three, I end up with uh, Kyle Duggar. Safety of uh, small school, uh, Lenore Ryan. 
I was a little surprised he lasted that far. I don't think he will in the real draft, but, you know, he's a, a, a box safety that has some really good speed, good athleticism, um, and he showed some good ball skills at the Senior Bowl when he took the jump up in competition there. Round four, kind of like Zach, I went with a quarterback as well, but I went with Jake Fromm, uh, Georgia. You know, he's not the sexiest uh, choice as a quarterback, but but if the, this guy's floor is a 10-year backup, I think he'll take that in, in the fourth round for the Chicago Bears. Uh, round five, got another guy like Zach. I got Quez Watkins of Southern Miss. Uh, Southern Miss. He's just a speed guy. And I think the Bears really need to address uh, someone there now that Taylor Gabriel is uh, no longer with the team. And he is a legit 4-3. Uh, his speed pops on film as well. He's got decent size. He's got long arms. Uh, he's 6'185". I think Watkins will be a guy that can kind of fit in and get some reps as a rookie uh, with the Bears. And then my last pick, I went back to offensive line. Uh, Cameron Clark, offensive tackle of a small school, Charlotte. Uh, he played left tackle there. He may not be that able to play that spot in the NFL, but he's a tenacious run blocker. Uh, he, he, he's, he plays really physical. Uh, he plays pretty good, uh, plays with pretty good pad level as well. So I think he probably could go inside the guard, if maybe not over to left tackle as well, or I'm sorry, right tackle as well. So, so those are my, uh, my picks there, guys. Great job, Lester. Uh, boy, three solid drafts so far. Uh, hopefully I can uh, live up to everybody's, uh, everybody's drafting, uh, especially Lester and, and Zach. You know, you guys, are do, you do this all the time. This is the first time I've ever, ever uh, done any type of, of, of uh, mock drafts. So without further ado, I did have a trade. I traded with Seattle. I traded the 50th pick in return. Uh, they uh, they allowed me, and this is the same uh, mock draft, uh, the mock draft database that you guys have all been using. Uh, I was able to get the 59 uh, pick in the second round, pick 101 in the third, and pick 144 in the fourth round. So that said, Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver out of Arizona State at pick 43, Quarterback Jalen Hurts out of Oklahoma at 59. Bryson Hopkins, tight end, out of Purdue at 101. Uh, then I went to the defensive side of the ball and picked up Kenny Robinson Jr., safety out of West Virginia. Went to the offensive line in round five, picking up North Carolina's offensive tackle, Charlie Heck. Um, Shaheen Carter, safety out of Alabama at 197 in round six. I believe uh, that's the second time he's been mentioned. Uh, linebacker out of LSU, Michael Divinity Jr. in round six. And then Josiah Scott out of Michigan State, a cornerback. And then at 234 in round seven, I picked up a, and this guy is going to be a special teamer. He's a, he was a stud on special teams. He was a linebacker for Wisconsin by the name of Chris Orr. Um, Chris Orr, I just like the guy. I've watched him play because I live up here in Wisconsin, so I got to see Wisconsin play every weekend. Um, he's not rated that high, so he might be somebody that's an undrafted free agent pickup uh, for for a lot of NFL teams. But I like the the guy's engine is just nonstop. So uh, that's our draft. So um, I tell you what. Who uh, who wants to go first? I think Lester. I'm going to have you go first and uh, tell me what you liked about the other guys' drafts and what you didn't like. 
No, I mean, uh, for, for the most part, I mean, we all pretty much are kind of stuck to the same uh, the, the same basic uh, uh, pattern here. Uh, we all got some offensive linemen. We all got some, some, some receivers. There's a few quarterbacks picked in there. I think we all kind of have a good idea of what the Bears need to address. Now it's just a matter of seeing if Ryan Pace will actually uh, – you know, not do something really crazy and maybe trade all of next year's drafts and move up and go all over the board. But, but I think we all have a pretty, I, I think we all have a, a pretty good idea of what's going to happen here as far as the need spots. I think we all did a pretty good job. One thing um, that I was just thinking of, Lester, that I wanted to ask you and Zach um, is in terms of draft boards, I mean, people talk about, and, and, and Pace said at the little teleconference that he did, uh, I believe it was yesterday or the day before, um, you know, that, that he, number one, would be open to taking a quarterback if that's the best player on the board, you know, at 40 or 50, uh, 43 or 50. And then number two, you know, he really believes that he sticks to best player available or that's his philosophy. Now, I always feel like, that's best player available according to their board and their board has to be built with need in mind. Right. I mean, I don't see teams truly going best player available in every case. I mean, it just wouldn't make any sense. There's going to be times now, certainly if somebody with a first round grade falls to number 50, then I think maybe you deviate from that. But but in terms of how these teams build their boards, how much do you think that need and positional need factors into that? Or maybe it doesn't. Oh, sorry. I can answer that one. If... Sure, go ahead. Yeah, so I think, you know, with the best player available type mantra, I think pace, you know, you type, typically use that with your first couple picks. Um, you try to stick to that um, as much as you can in the draft. Obviously, it'd be very tough to go best player available every single pick, um, especially with the needs that the Bears have. But, I mean, I think you try to stick with it early on as much as you can. And then if there is a player that maybe you have, you know, highlighted later on in the rounds, maybe you kind of look away from a need if it's not necessarily a big need. Um, you know, example, if you look at, if the Bears maybe want to add some depth to the secondary, but there's a running back they really like, and they already know they have David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen, maybe they buy to go for the running back instead as the best player available later on. But, I mean, yeah, with the, with the two early picks, I definitely see them going best player available while trying to essentially fit those needs and, and fix those needs um, that are, you know, defensive back safety, tight end, wide receiver, offensive line. It's just interesting yeah, to me. Blue. Go ahead, Lester. Go ahead. Yeah, man, I'm pretty much, I'm just going to say what it's actually, I mean, I agree with what he's saying. You know, you got to balance the uh, the need. You got to balance that with, with the best player available. You know, but the the nice thing for the Bears is some of their need positions kind of kind of falls in, in the line of how this board should fall for them. You know, they, right. they, 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 they have a need for a guard. Or they have a need for a, a safety. They have a need for a, a, a speedy receiver. And those are some spots that, you know, this draft is, is, has some depth in. So, you know, the Bears should come out of it, you know, looking pretty good. But again, you know, it's all about Ryan Pace making the, you know, making, making the right calls there. We uh, we definitely hope. I, I, I just love to see him trade down and pick up some additional draft capital because there's there's there, there's a lot of positions in this draft that are so deep that you can pick up some quality picks further on down the, the line. It was interesting that the uh, the draft that I decided to go with uh, I think I put together on Monday, 
I tried to do a few. I was playing with it this evening before we went live, and uh, it was interesting to note that every single draft I attempted, Brandon Ayuk was already gone before it got to pick 43. So I don't know if uh, if it's just the luck of the of the uh, the simulator or if they're going on how teams are, are looking at these guys. I, I have no idea because I've never used a simulator before. I just thought it was interesting that uh, um, that Brandon Ayuk was all of a sudden off the board. I found it interesting. I, I did play with uh, the, the last draft that I did before we went live this evening. I ended up trading both the 43 and the 50. I ended up with the 47, the 54, and I ended up with a third-round pick at 86 and a pick at 119. And uh, I went Antoine Winfield, safety out of Minnesota with 47. I stuck with Hertz uh, at 54. Chase Claypool at 86 and the tight end out of Florida Atlantic, Harrison Bryant at 119. So uh, I got to tell you that uh, in in light of the fact that uh, I recently got laid off from work so uh, I'm one of the millions that uh, can thank um, the, the COVID virus for some extra vacation time. Uh, that boy, this 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 these draft simulators can just absolutely be addicting. What do you think, guys? Lester, you go first. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I've I've, I've done. I think I think I've published five mocks on the site. The, the couple sites I write for, and then I must have done another, you know, 20, 30. I'm just kind of playing with them because it's all about, you know, for me, I use mock drafts to learn about the prospects. You know, I'm, I'm not grinding film like like Jacob or EJR, and uh, I'm kind of use these mocks to kind of see how the board falls. I see some guys in a range. I'll go, then I'll go to the film and take a look at them. Um, that's just kind of how I've always done it, just because uh, it's for for time constraints. But you know, looking at the way things are falling. You know, there's a lot of talent in those first 75-odd picks, and the Bears should come out of this, even if they do trade back a little bit, they should come out of this with two guys that step in as rookies and, and make an impact. Yeah, it's uh, one thing I would say that's that has been interesting, and I've kind of gotten into some debates um, about it with people is, consistently in my mocks and I've probably done 50, you know, just cause you're sitting there on your phone when you say you're bored and, and it's fun to just do it. Um, the, the running backs that are available at 43 and 50 are, are pretty interesting. And, and I am, I am of the feeling that running back and defensive line depth and interior defensive line depth are things that are not getting really talked about as being needs for the bears. But I personally think that they are needs for the bears. And I saw a couple of mocks where uh, the bears took uh, Matabuke from Texas A&M, um, you know, defensive linemen. But the other thing that's been interesting is seeing these running backs that are there, you know, um, there's been a couple, uh, I haven't seen it happen, but I've seen people say that they have had mocks where Swift fell uh, to 43, and then, but I've seen Taylor at 43 a, a number of times. Would you? I mean, I don't know if Pace would necessarily do it, but what do you think about taking somebody like a Taylor um, or maybe a Doblins or an Edwards Hilaire at you know in the 43-50 range? Anyone can answer that. I think uh, running back is a little more of the more 
underrated needs on this roster. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you, you look, you have David Montgomery, and you have Trey Cohen. I'm not really confident Ryan Nall. I know he's a big fan favorite. But, I mean, if there is a guy that might fall that kind of fits the Bears' style of offense, you know, a good pass-catching running back, I wouldn't be shocked if the Bears took him. Um, I probably prefer myself, though, that the Bears address, you know, the needs mentioned before, wide receiver, tight end, guard, tackle, safety, and defensive back. It, it wouldn't shock me, though, especially if it was a best player available situation like Taylor, um, Swift, or, or someone like Dobbins. Yeah, I'm with Zach as far as running back. I think the Bears are going to look to add a rookie running back, whether that's going to be in the seventh round, a sixth round, or even as an undrafted free agent. You, you got to bring somebody in. You got to bring someone in that, that fits the, the style, the scheme you want to do. Um, you know, because I think with, with Montgomery, I think they're comfortable with what they have in Montgomery. I think they have Tariq Cohen, who they're comfortable with what he can do for you. Uh, but he's not really a number two running back. I think you want to use him more as the kind of the gadget guy, get back to what made him so good as a rookie, um, and then have, an, have a legit number two. Now, that could be Cordero Patterson, play a little more running back. But I got a feeling they're going to bring in another guy in. And like, uh, like, like Zach said, Ryan Nall. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of his. I would like to see him succeed, but I just, you know, not sure it's going to happen. So bring another guy in that kind of play, that can, that can, that can catch the ball on third down, that can pass block and kind of be a, a number three guy there works. Yeah, I was uh, looking to, you know, and, and I think a lot of the mock drafts that I've seen um, kind of have the Bears, you know, going need heavy, or at least it feels that way. And, and you know, I know, Lester, you drafted uh, Komet. I've seen Komet you know, be put out there as the the sort of odds-on favorite for the 43rd pick. Um, you know, what I feel about Komet is that he's a really high-floor guy. I'm just not sure about his ceiling. Uh, he's obviously, he's big, he's athletic, he can catch. Um, but I don't, I'm not sure if he's worth that high of a pick. But I have a feeling that just because of, you know, his pedigree and, and you know the the performance at the combine and things that he might get overdrafted. So it's interesting to to kind of see where what teams do, you know, because at the end of the day, it's still just somebody's opinion. And sometimes a particular scout or a GM or you know whoever you might have just wins out, and at that moment they've got to put the pick in. Um, you know, so I've been back and forth on Komet. Like, I feel like, you know, well, the Bears have missed on tight end so much that wouldn't you just like to plug somebody in that, you know, feels like a guy who could just be steady for five years, you know, or for, heck, two, three years. Um, you know, I don't know if he's going to be a, you know, a, a Kittle or a Kelsey or something like that, but, but you know, he certainly – has all the tools, um, you know, and in in the Nagy offense, I mean, tight end is so important. Um, but it's just interesting. Like I, you know, he's one of those guys that I don't, I, I don't know where he's going to go. I mean, I've seen people say that that the Packers might take him at thirty, uh, which I don't buy. Um, you know, and then you know, it's it's just interesting to see where where he might go and what his upside truly is. This has been a fun exercise, and uh, guys, I really appreciate every uh, all your your uh, excellent analysis. Um, we're going to take a short break and get a message from our sponsor at TechSplits.com, and when we come back, 
Uh, Bears fans, Bears Twitter always talks about the negativity of, of Bears drafts. You could go, yeah, I mean, we could go all the way back to 1970 when, when the Bears lost the coin toss uh, and ended up getting Bobby Douglas as their quarterback instead of Terry Bradshaw. Uh, it, but, uh, you know, we've, we've, we've had some great steals in the draft, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the better steals in the draft in Bears history in the, during the Super Bowl era. So we'll be right back after this message from our sponsor, TickSplits.com. So you're looking for great ticket deals. Who isn't? Well, TixBlitz.com has you covered. From the biggest sporting events to Broadway shows and concerts, TixBlitz.com has the best ticket selection at the very best prices out there and no service fees. So the price you see is the price you pay. Plus, TixBlitz.com donates up to 25% of their proceeds to charity. TixBlitz.com has the tickets you want when you want them. Go to T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com today. That's TixBlitz.com. Every ticket, every video everywhere that's ticksplits.com go to their website tickets are available for everything once this covid virus gets out of our hair hopefully baseball season will be starting uh, a lot of a lot of big name concerts have already rescheduled for later in the year and of course with uh, our promo code tailgate t-a-i-l-g-a-t-e you can save five percent on any ticket purchase, again, that's TickSplits.com. Every ticket, every venue, everywhere. We've been joined in today's episode by Lester Wolfrong from Windy City Gridiron, and Zach Pearson from uh, BearReport.com, and, of course, my co-host, Double A, uh, Aaron out of Chicago. Guys, we, before we get into the uh, steals uh, that the Bears have had over the, the years, uh, one thing we talked about in our mock draft was the quarterback position. And it's fascinating in that just about every one of us picked a quarterback and uh, it was kind of all over the board. Hertz from Gordon. Um, so I'm, I'm going to start with Zach on this one. Zach, uh, quarterback's a fascinating position for the Bears. And I, I think that they definitely are going to pick up a uh, uh, a quarterback. I just don't know when. Yeah, I'm with you. I think they're going to have to bring in one in, um, and, and maybe even more if they bring another one in through undrafted free agency to kind of challenge Tyler Bray for that, you know, third spot, and then maybe even a practice squad spot. It's just going to be when. And, and Ryan Pace was asked this on Tuesday about, you know, have you ruled out kind of taking a quarterback? He said, if the best player available is a quarterback on our board, we wouldn't rule it out. I don't know how much stock you can really put into that. Um, but I would do, I would be intrigued if someone like Jordan Love or Jacob Easton would fall in that second round and the Bears were sitting there. I'm not as high as I know a lot of, a lot of people are on Jalen Hurts and Jake Fromm. For me personally, I, I, I've watched them. I just, I don't like their game. I don't, I think they've been a little overhyped. I don't really trust Fromm's arm. Um, and Hurts, I, I just, I, I don't see it with him. So those are two I would personally stay away from. But, I mean, yeah, I'm intrigued with, you know, Anthony Gordon, the, the Hawaii kid, um, Cole McDonald, who was pretty good in that offense. And then, um, you know, there's some undrafted targets as well that could be sitting out there. Um, someone like Mason Fyatt out of North Texas, um, the Arizona – I think it's Cleo Tate, the Arizona quarterback. 
I don't know how well the game will translate to the NFL, but I, I think the Bears are going to have to bring in one, maybe two guys. Lester, your thoughts on quarterback? Yeah, I definitely mean this is the year to do it. I mean, you, 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 the Bears have always carried only two quarterbacks, you know, when possible. But I think this is the year with the roster, I think, getting expanded a little bit. I think you want to carry a third guy. You know, uh, Nick Foles a little older. You know, he may be for a few years and everything pans out great. Uh, with, with Mitch Trubisky, kind of that, that chip has kind of sailed. He has one year left on his deal. I doubt he gets the option picked up here. You know, if, if he plays great, you know, that's awesome. If he has a great year this year, the Bears will get him back again next year. But the way it is right now, you got to have a third quarterback on the roster. And we've, we've talked to a lot of guys now. Another guy I kind of like is uh, uh, Jake Luton of, of, of Oregon State. I think he has a, 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 a pro-style arm. He has a, a, a pro-style release. He's a guy that kind of gets the job done as, as, a, as a guy really late in the draft. Um, also, James Morgan he has, a, has a rocket for an arm from Florida International. He's got some buzz. The Bears, I think, have already talked to him a couple times. And then the guys we talked about in, in our mocks, you know, uh, Fromm, uh, Hertz, uh, Gordon. I think Jalen Hurts. I'm kind of like Zach. I'm not sure how much I trust Hertz uh, as far as what his game does. I haven't broken down his film like you know, like 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 a lot of guys have. But from what I've seen, I see too many warts in what he does there. Um, but like like I said, the reason I went with Fromm in the fourth round, he, he's a safer pick. Um, if the worst case scenario is he's going to be a, a, a backup for the next ten years, and I think that's what you get out of him. Yeah, I um I. I like Hertz, and I'm kind of mad at myself because I'm sort of, uh, I have to admit, I'm kind of falling in love with Hertz a little bit, where the more I read about him and the more I do watch him play. Um, there was a, a, a thing on ESPN uh, Plus that I found where they did some next-gen stats on him, and uh, one of the things that was most telling is they, they, they took uh, the NFL out route, which is an out route, 11 to 20 yards downfield outside the numbers, um, and they 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 profiled you know the top quarterbacks. Um, number one completion percentage of that type of route is Jalen Hurts at 78.9 percent, and he had the lowest off-target percentage on that throw as well. Behind him is uh, Tua, then Burrow, then Fromm. And then on the off-target percentage, you have Love, then Fromm, then Herbert. Um, and the, the FBS average completion percentage on that type of throw is 45%. So he's quite a bit higher than that. So that surprised me. Um, and then, you know, he was also wasn't too bad on his off-target um, throws. Uh, so he was only off target on uh, 10 or fewer yards downfield, 3.1% of the time. And then on 11 to 20 yards downfield, he was only off target 7.7. So that again, he's like in the top two or three of a lot of these stats. Um, and I just, I don't know, like I, maybe it's just because I was, I really wanted Deshaun Watson so much and I see some similarities between him, but I just feel like Hurts we could be passing on another Russell Wilson type of a player or, or a Deshaun Watson type of a player. And I know that he's, you know, Hertz has kind of gotten dinged because, you know, they say, Oh, it's the, it's the offense he played in, um, you know, or, um, you know, look at all the talent he has around him, you know, and it's like Kyler Murray got dinged for the same reasons and look how he came into the league and and played really well you know so and that's my kind of feeling is i don't i don't think that they're going to take hurts but i feel like whoever does get end up with hurts and i and i i really think he could go anywhere from 
you know, 50 to 75 um, is, is just going to get a good player. Um, and I wish the Bears would somehow end up with him. Uh, as far as Fromm goes, like, I just can't, I can't see it with Fromm. Like, he, he seems like the most boring, just vanilla, like, just bleh, player. Like, you watch his, I, I, I don't know, like, his tape is just brutal to me. Like, he just constantly behind, and he is a guy that is absolutely surrounded with NFL talent. Um, you know, and, and I watched, I don't know what game I watched. It was him and, and against, I think maybe Auburn and, and it's just all day from throwing behind, uh, whims, you know? And so I don't know people, there are people that just love from, and, and I think, you know, I worry because, you know, he's, he interviews so well and, you know, he's got all the, all the, um, you know, the things that NFL GMs like in terms of personality. And I just feel like he's going to be just a total, I mean, you might be right. He might end up being like a, 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 you know, like a Chase Daniel type of a player, but uh, it's just nothing that excites me. That would be the most boring quarterback pick for me of all. <laughs> so. Aaron, you hit the nail on the head uh, that I wanted to bring up uh, before you, uh, before you chimed in. Um, and the, the comp of, of Russell Wilson and Jalen Hurts just makes him I don't I, I don't want to say irresistible, but I just I just like what I see with the kid. You know, mm-hmm. this is this is a kid that threw for almost 3,900 yards last year at, at Oklahoma, 32 touchdown passes, with uh, with only eight interceptions. So uh, you know, would we love to see uh, some stats like that in Chicago? I think we've never seen anything like that before. You know, 69.7% completion, 30, almost 3,900 yards, 32 TDs, eight interceptions. That's that's a, a hell of a job. I don't care what level you're talking about. And uh, he's athletic, and, and I think this guy's got a real chip on his shoulder, a lot like Russell Wilson had when he left Wisconsin to go to the NFL. Uh, I can't remember. Who was the quarterback that Seattle had just signed out of Green Bay uh, to uh, to uh, be their their number their number one quarterback and he went into the camp and beat him out and he was you know second round pick late I think late second round pick early third round pick and before uh, before training camp when preseason was done he was named the starting quarterback and the rest is history so that's why I like this kid. Yeah, I agree. And then he was just really like a, you know, really took the Oklahoma offense on his shoulders. And, and I mean, his rushing stats are insane too. Um, you know, he obviously played at Alabama and, you know, beat out um, people there and then switched to Oklahoma and picked up that offense really quickly. So I don't know. I mean, I just, uh, like I said, I'm, I, I'm I'm trying this season to to temper my expectations because last year was so disappointing. Um, so so it's like I'm almost like I said I'm almost mad at myself for for falling in love with Hertz because I just don't I I would be so shocked if the Bears uh, ended up with him. Um, but I, I'd be excited to follow his career nonetheless because I I do think um, that he's going to end up being uh, just a, a guy that's going to make plays in the league. Uh, and be fun to watch. Zach Lester, I got a quick question for you as we head into our next segment. When did the NFL 
reduce the amount of draft choices to just seven. Uh, it's been about 20 years or so, hasn't it? Uh, I believe so. I think it was, what, like 90s? Late? Was it early 90s, I want to say? I want to say it's about... Yeah, yeah that's... Uh, I'm, I'm, actually, I'm looking at it now. I'll... Uh, uh, I want to say they were 12 rounds for a while, and then they went to a seven. It looks like a 1993. Yeah, because they used to do like, didn't they do like 17 rounds or something? Crazy yeah, I think like? it was. I think it was 15, 16 way back in the day. It was cut down to 12 for a while. Oh, um, but yeah, it's uh, now we're at seven. It's a. Uh, I think that's a sweet spot. I know there was some talk about the what was going on this year of, of increasing that. Um, so we'll see, but I mean, that's obviously not going to happen this year, but uh, perhaps maybe uh, next year, if this, uh, the whole COVID thing increases up, you know, keeps going on, if there's something where the, there, there's some, some college tape that's hurt, maybe they increase next year's draft. Yes, I had heard talk of, of moving it to 10 rounds, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, when I was doing some research for the Bear Steels, uh, back in, this goes all the way back beyond the Super Bowl era. But uh, Harlan Hill, for the wide receiver, uh, is uh, was chosen in the 15th round all the way back in 1954. So we know it was at least 15 rounds back then. So you know, I think at some point it was as, as deep as 20 rounds at some point. Well, then you get like, I mean, the... I'm sure some of you guys have been watching the Bulls, uh, you know, uh, last dance thing. And, and something that was brought up to, uh, today or yesterday on sports radio was them talking about how the NBA draft used to be, you know, like 20 rounds. And and they would almost make like novelty picks like at the end, you know, somebody's friend getting drafted, you know, who wasn't even an athlete and uh, kind of crazy stuff like that, you know, just sort of going on. Here's one for you. Um, 1975, Roland Harper was a 17th round draft choice, and uh, one of one of my steals. So, Lester, we're we're going to start with you. Uh, what is what is a, a steal that that the Bears got in the draft during the Super Bowl era? Uh, I think if you're going to talk about a, a late round steal as far as the era. And you're talking about the the, the Super Bowl. Uh, you got to talk about 1983. Uh, you got to talk about getting uh, Richard Dent in the eighth round and Mark Bortz in the eighth round. Got uh, one guy as a Hall of Famer. One guy's been in the Pro Bowl. So, you know, those two guys getting in the eighth round around it that, that doesn't even exist anymore. I think that was a pretty good steal right there. Absolutely. The, yeah, yeah they, those guys were definitely on my list as well. Zach, we have probably stole a little bit of your thunder on that one, but um, you got a steal for us? Yeah, um, those were on my list. I took. Well, I have a, I've, you want me to go through my list, or do you want me to give a couple? Give, give, give one or two, and then, uh, and then, you know, we gotta let Aaron have a little shot, and yeah, and then, I'll go, and then, I'll go, and then after we're done, we'll talk about some other other ones that you have on your list that everybody has on their list. So I'll go with a, a recent one that I can kind of consider a steal here um, from the draft that a lot of us would not like to remember. Bears trading up. I consider the fourth round a big steal for Eddie Jackson, um, getting an all-pro player like that. But I'll go with Doug Plank in the 12th round, 1975. That's a pretty good one. That is, and, a, that yeah. is a great one. Those will be my two. So, uh, Aaron, you got, you got a couple for us? 
Um, you know, I, I would definitely echo uh, what, um, you know, Zach said about Eddie Jackson. Um, I, I actually think, you know, and even though this player is much maligned, but I think, you know, you'd have to mark down Charles Leno as a guy that, that has been, you know, a steal for being, I mean, what is he, a seventh-round pick? So, um, you know, for him to have played at a pretty high level for, um, you know, a number of years. And, and let's not act like that left tackle for the Bears has been, you know, some parade of all pros in the last 20 years. It certainly hasn't been. So, um, you know, even though it's everybody's favorite thing to, to crap on Charles Leno, to, to you know, to get a, a good starter like that for as many years, I think, is a, is a solid pick. Um, and then, you know, um, it was actually uh, – the, I believe it was his birthday yesterday, uh, Doug Buffon um, was a seventh-round pick uh, and, uh, you know, just an all-time great defensive player uh, for the Bears and then, you know, of course, went on to be one of the most beloved uh, sports uh, radio uh, personalities and just personality in general in, in uh, Chicago sports history. So I would go with Buffon. You guys stole all of my guys. <laughs> um, I'm gonna. I'm, I already talked about Roland Harper in 1975, 17th round draft choice, and of course he was in the starting backfield with Walter Payton in in the mid 70s. So uh, that's definitely a steal. And the uh, the last one that I have in the Super Bowl era was a 10th round selection in 1984 when uh, Sean Gale was uh, selected in the 10th round. He appeared in over 144 games with 92 starts over his 11 seasons with the Bears. Uh, he was their regular starter from 89 to 94. And he did a lot of special team work uh, as well. So some some great steals in, in these drafts. And, you know, Ed, as Aaron had mentioned, um, Eddie Jackson, uh, Peanut Tillman was, what, a mid-round selection? Uh, back in the day as, as well. So a lot of great steals. Um, let's open it up to any year in Bears history. Do you guys have anything you want to share with that one? Um, Zach, we'll start with you this time. Um, yeah, well, most of them were kind of already said. Uh, you know, Doug Lafone um, was the fourth rounder. Ed O'Bravich was a seventh rounder. Um, six, I think it was 62. Um, I... I don't know, maybe an unpopular but I mean, opinion, but I think Mike Singletary can kind of be considered a steal. Um, he was a second-round pick and one of the best middle linebackers to play the game. Um, I don't know how much of a steal that is, but again, that's a great value in the second round. Yeah, that, that's a that's a good. I, I like that one. That brings me back to one that was. Uh, this guy was fell in the draft, fell in the draft, fell in the draft, and the Bears took a flyer on him in the first, I believe it was the first round. And uh, Wilbur Marshall fell uh, way down in the draft. I, I can't remember the exact reason why, but that was that was a steal when they drafted him when he did because he should have been gone off the board well before the Bears made their draft choice that round, that year. And I can't remember what year it was. Yeah, for me, I got two more. I got a... Uh... 
In the very first draft, the Bears got Dan Fortman, who was a Hall of Fame guard. Uh, Dr. Dan, he was the uh, ninth-round selection back then. And then, of course, we're talking about legendary Bears. You got to talk about Patrick Manley, the long snapper. He was the, uh, a six-round draft pick, and, of course, he's played more games in the Bears' history than anyone else. Here's a name from the past, Johnny Morris. How about that? Johnny Morris was a 12th-round pick in 1958, and what, doesn't he still lead the, the team in receptions or yards? Yeah. Uh, Joe Fortunato was a seventh-round pick in 1952, and he only was voted to five Pro Bowls with the Bears and was named to the NFL's All-Decade team for the 50s. And I had mentioned uh, Harlan Hill, 15th-round pick in 1954. And uh, did we mention Stan Jones yet? I don't think so. Yeah, Stan Stan Jones uh, was a fifth-round pick in 1953. And on uh, Larry Myers' uh, a article that they did, he, he rated the Stan Jones draft as the third best steal in, in Bears history. So uh, you, I think we hit them all, guys. Um, but great stuff. You know, we can talk about bus all day long, too, but uh, every, every, every team finds a diamond in the rough, a needle in the haystack, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and the Bears have definitely had their share of some great drafts in later rounds. Uh, and that's one thing that we have seen so far from Ryan Pace is he's done well in the later rounds, which is why I hope that he does some trading down and pick up some draft capital in rounds three, four, and five. Lester, do you have any last words for us? No, I think we covered a bunch tonight, guys, and uh, I'm just excited for the draft to get going. I know the Bears aren't going to be picking that tomorrow night, but who knows? Ryan Pace may trade uh, trade some, some some future capital and end up in the bottom of that first round, for all we know. No! Uh, <laughs> no! <laughs> Please, God, no. Oh, to draft God. the tight end, too. Yeah, good <laughs> Lord, I'll cry. Stop. <laughs> well, hey, who do they have? What do they have for draft capital in 21? We, we didn't even talk about that. You, you well, at least they have a first-round pick. <laughs> I believe it's their full complement of picks, and I think they may actually have one more snuck in in the bottom there, if I believe. Well, they, yeah. according to free agents and compensation for uh, compensatory picks, they get four compensatory picks for next year. So if they have their full complement of seven, they have 11 draft choices going in, uh, you know, going into uh, going into the 21 draft. So it will be interesting to see exactly what uh, what what pace give, does he does he trade a two does he trade 43 in his in his first round draft choice in 21 to, to get into the uh, bottom of the first round god well, forbid he hasn't done well with his first round draft choice right i mean here's a question though and i think this was asked today uh, a few times um is what if something crazy happens and tua falls you know to like 25 you know do the bears do the bears jump up i mean it might take 43 and 50 to move up to 25 it might even take a first round at next year and 43 to move up to 25 what what would you guys think about going up to get 
somebody like that? Or is there anybody in the draft, you know, short of the top five that you would be okay with Pace doing something like that to move up into the bottom of the first round for? I think the Bears probably have some names. Um, I, I got to imagine that list is short. Um, I mean, it's got to be one to three people. I think Tua would be one. However, you know, I think Tua, maybe Jordan Love would be up there. I think a guy maybe – it depends on how high they have someone like Jalen Rager on their board. Mm-hmm. But I just – man, I, I – you think, you know, you saw the reaction when they traded up to get Trubisky and gave up all that. I mean, thank God there's no live draft party at Soldier Field if Ryan Pace <laughs> traded up a future first-rounder and yeah. uh, two second-rounders to get someone. I think it'd be very intriguing. I, I, I just hope I hope they don't mortgage any more of their future. Yeah, I guess I agree with you. I mean, I was going through the exercise of trying to unravel some of Pace's trade-ups, which is somewhat difficult to do. But if 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 he had just stayed put, he they could have realistically had Watson and Kamara and uh, Buddha Baker, still gotten Cohen and Eddie Jackson. And it's like they end up with Trubisky and Shaheen and Jordan Morgan and Cohen and Jackson. It's like, ugh. It's it's not a fun exercise to do, and I don't recommend doing it just because it's sort of unrealistic. But I I hope that this is the year that that maybe – Pace takes a page out of some of the other, you know, because you look at a, a, like the GM of Seattle and it seems like they trade down every single year. The Patriots trade down every single year, you know, and the one thing I will say is that the Patriots have still have no second round picks, even though they have all these picks. So they could be, you know, and they've frequently um, been a trade partner with us. So I just, you know, this is the year that, that uh, it feels like they need to get more capital and, and, and find some guys that, uh, you know, can play. It will definitely be interesting. So uh, uh, that is uh, kind of wraps us up for, for this week's episode. I want to thank uh, Lester Wilfong from Windy City Gridiron, Zach Pearson from BearReport.com, of course, my co-host, uh, double A, um, I think we're all staying uh, in our houses about now. Does anybody have to leave their house to go to work? Not for me. My job got uh, got me transferred to home, so I'm working out of home now. And when this whole thing is back to normal, I should be able to work from home uh, in the future, too. We'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm stuck inside, too. I'm, I'm getting a little cabin fever, though. Yeah, I saw that on uh, on Twitter that you're uh, starting to starting to go nuts. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I am. Uh, Zach, Zach, you got kids? <laughs> no, I do not have kids. Yeah, you should so. try having a four-year-old and an eight-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not jealous at all. <laughs> I have a I have a five-year-old and a and a soon-to-be twelve-year-old at home, but they both have four legs and fur. Uh, so they, but they're, they're taking a lot of my attention during the week. Um, one, in fact, uh, one of my dogs, uh, her name is, uh, Peyton as in Walter. And, uh, in fact, she is in my man cave with me as we speak. She, she will always be where I am in the house. 
Well, I'm glad everybody's doing well during this crazy time. Uh, obviously, we do thank you guys uh, for joining us. Um, Zach Pearson from BearReport.com. Uh, he uh, covers the Bears Pro Football Writer Association. Uh, he is at Zach, Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. Uh, so you can find all of his work there. And then, of course, uh, Lester Wilfong uh, from Windy City Gridiron. He is at W-I-L-T-F-O-N-G-J-R on Twitter. Uh, w uh, Windy City Gridiron, of course, has a great site. Uh, and then they also have a great Twitter handle. Lots of great writers uh, from there, um, just covering everything. And uh, of course, you can find our uh, our stuff on Halitech Hall on Twitter. And uh, the podcast, I uh, should have it out tomorrow. Uh, so it'll be out for everybody's uh, listening pleasure uh, before the draft. Um, so uh, with that, anything else we need to add, Mr. Halitech? Uh, I don't think so. Please, like uh, Aaron had mentioned, you can you can catch our podcast at a number of places. You can catch us uh, on Podbean. You can catch us on Apple. You can, of course, the link to our, our podcast will be posted on Twitter at Halitech Hall and at Texter420 and at, uh, at, at Aaron's uh, double A-R-O-N-T-O-R on Twitter. You can also find our our every single podcast Halitech Hall has done on our Facebook page. It's just facebook.com slash Halitech Hall. And every new episode is rebroadcast on Sports Zone Chicago every Saturday morning. So uh, Lester, Zach, Aaron, thank you guys again. It's been my pleasure to uh, to be your host. And we hope to have you guys on our show again relatively quickly. Thanks, guys. Yeah, it's always sure. a blast. Yep. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks very much, everybody. Thanks for listening. We appreciate the support. And everybody stay healthy out there and uh, follow all the instructions of the authorities. <laughs> and and let's, <laughs> let's bear down on this draft.